You're listening to the IMT Show with Mike Sims. Now here is your host. All right, it is my uh, pleasure and honor today to have uh, Barney Cohen, producer, writer. The list of credits are, um, are quite a bit. And he's been in the business for a long time. He is uh, executive produced a movie called Guernica, a war movie. And he's done Forever Night, Sabrina, Teenage Witch, uh, stuff for Disney. And you just, you name it. So we're going to get into all of it. Thank you, Barney, for being on IMT. And tell us how you, how you got into this. Well, thank you for having me. This is my third career. And I've been a generalist all the way through. Uh, you know, starting now and moving backwards, anybody who can write for both Jason and Sabrina, pretty much a generalist. Uh, Guernica was my, um, my attempt to break out of teen witches and vampire detectives, the love story set in um, the Spanish Civil War at the bombing of Guernica. And uh, it, 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 it irks me when people say it's a war movie because it was originally intended to be a romance. Oh, okay. Uh, it, it's a, a fiction. It's very, very well researched. If I do say so myself, I had a Spanish partner. Uh, but it, essentially, it's the romance between a jaded American journalist and a, an up-and-coming uh, left-wing uh, propagandist, Spanish propagandist, uh, played by Maria Valverde very well. Uh, but you know, after that, the doors flew open as they usually do when you have a a movie and. Uh, I kept telling people, I want to do this about that. I want to do that about this. And they all said, what do you have in a teenage witch or a vampire detective? So uh, I'm back in that. I'm embracing the suck. Uh, I've got several properties set up at different places in various stages of development. Will any of them bear fruit? Who knows? Uh, but they're pretty much all teenage witches and vampire detectives. Um, <laughs> I started out um, as... I started out as a child, like everybody else. And I, I had a lot of different interests. Uh, at one point, my Aunt Harriet tells me I wanted to be a fire engine. And she had to correct me, tell me I could be a fireman. And uh, when I finally realized what she was saying, I realized that how, how limited life can be. I mean, if you want to be a fire engine and all you can be is a fire fireman, I don't know, suck. So um, how did I get here? Well, I went, I, I went to college, which most children should do. Uh, I went to Queens College, City University of New York, and mm -hmm. I, I failed at everything. I was, I was a generalist in the sense that I couldn't do anything. I, I, I tell people that I was in pre-med, which I was for a brief period of time. And then I tell them I flunked organic chem, which is not true. I flunked regular chem. I flunked oh, like the chem you get in high school. And um, so I was on the verge of dropping out when I discovered um, there was a writing class. I think I'd give it a shot. And I got an A. <clears throat> and then I realized, looking through the catalog, which I did much later, which is how I always do everything. You do things first, and then you figure them out. Um, then I could actually graduate if I just kept taking writing classes. So I did. Uh, and I got a BA and, and then an MA. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, when I got out, I, I had a couple of connections here and there from the writing that I had done, some of which had gotten published. Right. One was um, with uh, 20th Century Fox as a publicist. 
And the other one was with a cousin of mine who had a, a fairly large um, automobile painting thing, and he wanted to make me an executive in charge. And I thought, eh, I think I'll go with 20th. Uh, I've always um, trended in the direction of fairy tale, personal fairy tale. And painting cars, ah, didn't seem cool. So, um, so I started out at 20th. Uh, I went to Dina House of Greenthal, an, an agency at that time that um, uh, did mostly uh, movies, uh, television, and some Broadway and some books. And I was originally a copywriter and then a creative director. And uh, wow, I, I've done um, posters. If you pick up, if you go to, if you if you're killing time in a bookshop. And you find the 50 great horror posters, the 50 great sci-fi posters. You'll find at least three or four of mine in there. All for 20th or Hammer Films. Remember Hammer Films? Uh, Frankenstein created woman and things like that. Wow. Um, uh, and I, then I became a specialist in titling things. Hmm. I taught, for instance, I titled The Omen. The Omen was originally called Antichrist. Really? I, I made bucks on that one. Uh, I also was hired to title, uh, retitle Star Wars because um, 20th didn't like it. And wow. uh, I, uh, uh, they stayed with Star Wars, but amongst the titles I suggested was Skywalkers. And you know, at the time, because when you're doing ads for movies, you don't get to see the movie, you get to see the script. Right. There's doing ads way before there's a movie. And I had the 180 page blue page script. And one of the characters, the main character, well, I guess the main character, one of the three main characters, was a guy named Luke Starkiller, right? And uh, and that's a very prophetic name because he kills Death Star. Ah! All of a sudden, the movie came out, and I'm sitting there watching a preview, and it's a Luke Skywalker. I think cool. That may or may not have been me. Um, I subsequently met um, George Lucas because I was doing a a movie with uh, Jimmy Woods and Randy Quaid and Kate Capshaw, uh, and um, Spielberg would come by because he's Kate's husband. And uh, we would sit around on a, on a prop bench. Uh, and uh, so Lucas came in one day and he and Lucas were, were chatting. And I'm telling him, it was giving me a headache. These guys are such heavyweights. that I tore my brain this way and that way, just listening to them. And uh, of course, I'm trying to figure out how to pitch something to either of them. And um, one of the one of the uh, Star Wars things had come out, and uh, Lucas had been doing articles about how <clears throat> um, Darth Vader was named, and how this and that and the other thing. And I started to tell this story, and Lucas said, "Excuse me, uh, I have to. I want to get a bagel." And he walks across this giant warehouse all the way to the other corner, gets himself a bagel, and walks out. So I think maybe <laughs> I had something to do with that <clears throat> because in his glossary of names, he never included Luke. It was always oh. Han and the other, and you know, so whatever that, that if I hadn't done the things I'd done subsequent to that, that probably would have been my claim to fame, even though I'm not really sure it's true. Right. But I did do other things. Um, I, 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 I was, one of the things I did was the uh, the mash ad for the movie, not the not not the series. The, the mash ad for the movie was the, the long legs and the butt crack and right. All that. I remember that. Yeah, and uh, and I won an award, and um, and because this was advertising in in the days of um, 
madmen. I I I I joined the madmen in real life uh, about two years after the show ends. I'm the guy in the buckskin jacket with the big orange glasses and stuff like that. The years of the cult of youth, and uh, and my, my wife was the face of, face of uh, Stridex medicated bad. So that that's how that's how Madison Avenue went in those days. So she, and she's still my wife, by the way, my ever-present trophy wife. And so she, I was walking back to the table at the at the awards ceremony, and I was thinking, and she's like beaming. And uh, and I, I uh, I'm thinking, if I'm so smart, why am I doing this? And I had a friend named uh, Jed Mattis, who's a wonderful nonfiction agent at um, ICM at the time. Um, and he said, you should you should be a journalist. So I said, well, yeah, I, I never took a course in journalism. He said, did you ever take a course in advertising? I said, no. So he said, give it a shot. So he said, I'll, I'll get you something. So he got me a uh, an article at the New York Times Sunday Magazine, uh, a profile of Burt Reynolds. And at the time, Reynolds had just done, um, hmm, had just done that movie he did with Jill Clayburgh and Candace Bergen. It was called Starting Over. It's a wonderful Starting movie. Over. Okay. And the it's a wonderful movie about him starting over and you don't know it, whether he's going to start over with Jill Clayburgh who has left or, 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 or Candace Bergen. It's just a great movie. And the, uh, the ad, I didn't do the ads, but the, the headline for it was, um, is Burt Reynolds the Cary Grant for the 80s? Well, we now know that that was not to be because he followed that up with uh, all of those things in the Pontiac Fireberg. But, but the, uh, but the article, it was pretty cool. Sally Field still does not talk to me. Uh, and, um, and I became a, a, a journalist. I, I eventually, uh, uh, I did a few subsequent advertising campaigns for people because I, the movie was interesting and they asked me and they pay a lot of money. Uh, but um, uh, I, I, I moved to journalism. I, I became a, a writer for the Sunday Times Magazine. Uh, and then because my wife became a, uh, my, my wife had a terrific health, health uh, insurance, I glommed on to hers and told uh, the Times that I didn't want to be a, an employee, I wanted to be a contract player. So I wound up writing for Cosmopolitan, Parenting, Esquire, uh, a whole bunch of stuff like that. And I had a great time. And then eventually, if you're a journalist long enough and you write visually, which I do, uh, somebody's going to ask you to turn one of your uh, articles into a um, into a movie. So somebody came to me and said, "I want to turn your this article into a movie." It turned out not to be a movie. It turned out to be a CBS after school special called "The Year of the Gentle Tiger," hmm. which was Emmy nominated and didn't win. But I got paid so much money. I said, "Okay, <laughs> this is what I got to do. This is <laughs> this, this is it." So this is what what you know. Uh, what the god mammon told me to do right funny and um so i started writing movies um uh off the cbs after school special i was hired to write a cbs after school miniseries now these don't exist but they had done one called the something or other of red hawk about a kid and a, and a native american um and then i was going to do the second one 
and I've written scripts called the, uh, the Inside Out Clown about a fat kid who goes to clown school, where, where, by the way, I learned to walk a wire, which is sort of really an interesting thing. Ah. So mental. Um, and uh, Red Hawk did so poorly that they canceled <laughs> Inside Out a Clown. However, uh, because things happen the way they do, a director fell in love with the script. Obviously one of the directors that they were considering and um, asked me if I would write Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Aha. Uh -huh. And he said, you know, um, don't, don't bother thinking up any really cool ways to kill kids. Just give me real kids like the ones in Inside Out Clown and whatever we do to them will be terrific. Which turned out to be true. I, I, get, I get a lot of notice on uh, the final chapter, which is Friday four, uh, about its characters, which is really, uh, in, um, I think in the New York Times, um, I forget the reviewer said, uh, it's, the, the kids are so personable it's it, the last act. It's really a shame to see them die, yeah. uh, which is a rave for, for that genre. Yeah. Usually, if you do something like that, and I have done other things like that, you, they don't really review your movie. They review the genre. Right. And uh, so, so I did that, and then um, they wanted me to do uh, five with Danny Steinman, and my agent at the time said, you know, once a philosopher, twice a pervert. So I declined, and. Um, I wound up doing a bunch of other things that led finally, not finally, but led at some point. I mean, I created um, Forever Night, the, the vampire detective, uh, actually created the character, the, the actual character that was used in the series, became a co-creator of that show. Uh, but um, uh, the, uh, I, I did Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch was done with a woman who had been a, a, a marketing executive at one of the places I used to be doing ads for. And this is like way back, like about 10 years before. And um, she, she knew um, uh, Melissa Joan Hart because um, Melissa's older or younger sister was her babysitter. It was down in Greenwich Village in New York. Uh, I, 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 I've been out here for 20 years, but I'm born and raised in New York, born in Brooklyn, raised in Queens, lived most of my adult life in Manhattan, except for short stitches uh, with uh, Europe and Europe and, uh, and the US Army. Uh, but um, so I met with uh, Melissa and uh, she had just finished a Nickelodeon, a seminal Nickelodeon show called Clarissa Explains It All and um, had just had her CBS TV pilot in which she played a, like an intern to a Jimmy Breslin type uh, journalist uh, played by Robert Klein, uh, which I thought was wonderful, but CBS didn't, and it didn't happen. And she was sort of figuring out what to do. She had just started playing guitar. And I said, you know, I know the Archie Comics people from my journalist days, because I've done a lot of um, um, culture for the Times Magazine, including the Dark Crystal and things like that. Um, met Jim Henson, it was, it was a great life. I love being a journalist. Actually, I love being an advertising man too. And I love being a filmmaker. Uh, I'm just a guy who likes things. <laughs> um, so uh, 
we went up to the Maranek, uh, which is a northern suburb of New York in, in Westchester County, and, um, and presented Melissa as Josie, Josie and the Pussycats. Um, they had just sold Josie and the Pussycats to Universal for that movie that came out later with Tara Reid and people like that. Yeah. Uh, and they said to me, um, how about um, um, what was that? Katie Keene, teen model. Uh, Melissa's adorable, but she doesn't, she doesn't have a model's confirmation. She's not tall, she, you know, it wasn't gonna right. work. And then they said, well, what about Sabrina the Teenage Witch? And I said, oh my God, what a great idea. Now, I didn't even remember that Sabrina was a Archie comic. Mm. I just remember the 22 episodes in ha of Hanna-Barbera. So they gave me um, 60 comic books. There was no Sabrina comic, but they gave me 60 comic books where Sabrina, the character, had a story or was part of an Archie story. I remember, right, you know, Archie's all um, Riverdale, right. but Sabrina, Sabrina was either Greendale or Midvale, which, whichever one Josie was and she was. One was in Greenville moment. But they're, they're, all, they're all communities uh, in, um, in, uh, in, in the suburb of, of New York City that are called the, the Hill um, the Hill Schools, uh, um, Riverdale High, Horace Mann. And uh, they're, they're all based on those. I, I don't know if it made it into the movie, but in the original Sabrina the Teenage Witch script, the, um, they, were, they had a rivalry with a school called Horseman, which is Horace Mann. Um, and, um, and I thought this was a great idea. I read the um, 60 or so um, vignettes. And I said, do you have a, an origin story for Sabrina? And they said, no, we don't. I said, can I do one? And they said, sure. So I, 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 I talked to uh, Catherine Wallach, who was the, the former, uh, oh, she was still actually uh, a t uh, movie, mar and t movie and TV marketing person. I said, why don't you <clears throat> write this with me? So we wrote that, wrote the, uh, the movie with done on Showtime uh, with Melissa and with two Canadian aunts because they had to do it in Canada. And, um, and Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds was, uh, was the bad boy. Right. And, um, and that turned into a series. I did absolutely nothing on that. I wrote one episode, one episode. Uh, but they pay you if you, if you write the um, inciting movie, uh, they pay you for every episode. So that was really cool. And, and then around that time, I also did Forever Night. Uh, so I had two hits, two big hits early, which frankly put me on my keister. I, I, uh, I, no, Mammon lost his hold on me. Uh, I just didn't want to do anything. Right. So I, I fooled around. I did some so I was sort of a gentleman journalist. I would do what I wanted to do and sort of the same thing. I did some things. I did a, <clears throat> a movie called Killer Party um, that actually got some nice reviews also about its, its characters. Um, and um, and then, then you know, I don't know, almost 20 years later, I tried to break out with Veronica. Uh, and and that's, that's my story. You know, I uh, I know that uh, Ryan Reynolds had mentioned Sabrina the Teenage Witch in his Deadpool two movie. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of interesting. That's hilarious. He's actually good in it. 
I mean, you could see that he was going to. I, I often joke with people at cocktail parties that uh, I think Ryan didn't want to be in the series, and Melissa did, and I think they both made great decisions. Uh, yeah, very interesting. It's um, I you definitely uh, definitely had some some big stuff there, and uh, now it, you worked with uh, Disney too, right? Really? Uh, probably. Uh, I you do you have a title? I I I think I read somewhere that you you had uh, wrote or something for them at one time, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, I. But you, you've done so much stuff. It's it's like uh, I don't think I've I've had things that were picked up by Disney, but I I didn't work work for them. Uh, Oh, that might have been it. Um, and, you know, different companies buy other companies, and all of a sudden your stuff is at another company. I right. don't know, but I'm going to look up this thing. Well, like right. Disney is like gobbling up uh, quite a bit of stuff. Yes. Uh, they have Star Wars and, and they involve Marvel and everything now. Well, no, I, I just don't remember. But, I, but like you said, I've done a lot of stuff. So it's a, uh, if you, um, was there anything that you, you, that you had turned down that, that you wish you had took that ended up something that um, would have been I, interesting? I'm one of those persons who walks through the forest with no regrets. Uh, I mean, I turned down Friday five, but I'm not unhappy. I, I'm, I'm glad I did. Um, uh, I, uh, no. Uh, no, I'm, 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 uh, well, like you say, you're, you're, you're happy like, in everything you did. So like Apollo, which some people get confused with Adonis. I'm not calling myself attractive. I'm calling myself, I'm like Apollo who was able to walk on the tops of the waves. I, I've been able to do that. I, you know, the explanation of how I got to be on Madison Avenue and then how I got to be mm -hmm. at the times and then how I got to write Friday the 13th. I mean, I've been the luckiest son of a gun that ever lived. Wow. That's, uh, that's incredible. And um... Thank you for listening to the IMT show with Mike Sims. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The IMT show is an opinion show and not to be taken as serious personal, legal, tax or financial advice. It is meant as entertainment only. IMT show, Maseroff for Mike Sims is not responsible for ad content. For more information on show schedules and content, visit www.mazeroff.net slash IMT.